Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Our partners at Bet Online they continue to get it done as the number one betting source for you. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, we have golf, horse racing, and everything heating up this Major League Baseball season as well. You'll get latest odds, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Just log on today to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to get started. But listen up. Make sure you use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag or your mobile device. BetOnline. Get started today. BetOnline is where the game starts. You know, it is that time of year in sports where it is all heating up, not just the weather, but the events. We're coming off the NFL draft. We have MLB. We've got the NHL and NBA playoffs. How about horse racing's Triple Crown and the PGA Championship, just to name some of the major sporting events we'll see in the next few months and have seen the last several weeks. Every event presents opportunities for inspiration and controversy, as well as new heroes and comeback stories. Ever wonder how to get into sports journalism? Well, I started my career at St. Bonaventure University. I attended their campus long before online degrees were a thing. But with their online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism, you'll learn how to find and talk about the most compelling stories, no matter the sport all from the comfort of home. An advisory committee of journalism school alums shape this innovative program. Courses are taught by experienced professors and include master classes led by industry experts. As an SBU graduate, you join a network of fellow Bonnies, including the New York Post's Mike Beccaro and ESPN's Raina Banks. The online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism builds strong skills and ethical foundations for successful careers. Coursework emphasizes the importance of multimedia reporting and incisive storytelling. Program graduates are prepared to tell stories at the intersection of sports, gender, and race. Take the next step in your sports journalism career by contacting an enrollment advisor at sbujournalism.com. Hi, this is Cal Ripken Jr., and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter is back with you all over the major platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by our good friends at Brewerton Ace Hardware, the Allen Angus Pub, Jam and Beats, and Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. Log on before your visit. Check out the Mug Club, the gear, and much, much more. StumblingMonkeyBeer.com is the website. I'm telling you, their beers, their, their gear, everything is top-notch. The official brewing company of the ML Sports Platter is... Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. All right, I'm going to get into uh, the recent um, uh, induction uh, in Cooperstown. Obviously, was there. I've been gathering a bunch of my interviews. So in the future podcast, be on the lookout for uh, what's happening here in terms of uh, you know who I talk to and all the rest. But um, I just wanted to kind of dive into the inductees and just kind of like some thoughts that I had uh, as far as you know guys getting in and all the rest. And obviously, this class is led by. You know, Scott Rowland and Fred McGriff. And let me just say this quickly. Uh, there have been a lot of baseball fans through the years, whether it's been on podcasts or radio, whatever the case may be, you know, who come at me like, oh, you're being super unfair and you're insensitive and, you know, all that. No, no, no. It's just, it's not a 10th place trophy society for me. You want to throw in any old Hall of Famer? You want to throw in Ted Simmons? You want to throw Harold Baines in the Hall of Fame? I mean, they're just not Hall of Famers. It's just that simple. And there are a lot of cases where guys should not be in. Bill Mazurowski is not a Hall of Famer. Phil Rizzuto is not a Hall of Famer. Bruce Suter is a borderline Hall of Famer, although the more I look at his numbers, the more he does speak to the Hall of Fame pedigree and resume. 
But there are so many guys who should not be in there and many guys who should be in there led by all those steroid guys. And I've gone through it a million times. I'm not going to go through it right here. But what I'm going to say to wrap it in a bud, uh, you know, wrap it in a little, little gift there with a, with a bow on top. What I'm going to say is this. When it comes to the Hall of Fame, you should look at the name. And before you go to the resume, before you go to the awards and accolades and the numbers and everything in between, it should be a no doubter. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Frank Robinson, Ken Griffey Jr., Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson, right? I mean, it should be like that. Slam dunk, no doubt about it, Hall of Famers. And frankly, if it's not that way and we have to think about it, they're probably not in. Now, let's get to the people who made the Hall of Fame. So I know that a lot of people think that Fred McGriff is a slam dunk Hall of Famer. I I'm not a part of that. Um, I actually think he's always been kind of a borderline Hall of Famer. Um, you know, and when I look at his overall resume, and trust me, there is nobody classier than Fred McGriff. He's a former Syracuse Chief. Um, you know, the guy played for the Jays, Padres. You know, I remember when he was in the minor league system with the Chiefs, I was really, really little. I think it was like four or five years old, but he played for them, and, and it was, you know, right in your backyard at, at MacArthur, and he used to hit crazy bombs, obviously. Um, so he played for the Jays, the Padres, the Braves, the Devil Rays, the Cubs, the Dodgers, and then the Rays um, again. He's a five-time All-Star, which is nice. That's nice. He's a world champion in 95. He's a three-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and he's a two-time home run leader. But other than that, there's nothing that screams Hall of Fame to me. There, there, there's just not. Um, no disrespect to the guy, but, you know, he hit 284 for a batting average. That's nice. Uh, 2,490 hits. That's great. 493 home runs, obviously a great number. And his RBI are great at 1550. But, again, I think he comes up a little bit short on the awards, accolades, and certainly, you know, crushing it in the postseason. And this is part of the problem with the entire Hall of Fame selection situation. They're starting to let everybody into the hall, and I don't think that that is right. I think that it's just a very, um, you know, I just think we're getting to a point where it's becoming kind of like the hall of very good, and it really needs to be the hall of the elite, right? I mean, it needs to be a place where you walk down the great hall, and again, there is no doubt about Stan Musial. There is no doubt about Christy Mathewson. There is no doubt, no doubt about all these players, you know, Sandberg, Boggs, you know, there, there, there should be no questions asked whatsoever. And McGriff was unanimously selected by the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee, which is basically, you know, a portion of the, um, the old, like what they used to call the Veterans Committee. And again, Fred McGriff was an outstanding baseball player. Don't get me wrong. But again, this is the Hall of Fame. I mean, is he really a Hall of Famer? You know, I, I just... I don't know, man. And I feel like what we're getting into is we're getting into the world of, well, this person's in, in, so this person should be in. This person has these numbers, so this person who equals those numbers should also be in. And if you're getting into that area as a Hall of Fame voting committee or committees in this case, because you have the BBWAA still, which is a joke, the writer's 
should not be it should not be that collection of people anymore getting the main people in the Hall of Fame. I've always said they need to restructure the entire committee. They need to have a better, bigger mix of former general managers, maybe even a couple of scouts. Uh, you know, the top-notch writers, I have no problem with voting, right? Like Ken Rosenthal, Tim Kirkchin, Jason Stark, right? I have no, John Hammond, I guess, uh, Joel Sherman, these kind of people. I have no problem with all of those dudes being, you know, on there, right? Buster only, all these, you know, writers, broadcasters, and all the rest. But it should be a select few. You can't just put, you know, some random fat ass who's covered the Padres for 40 years and be like, oh, hey, what do you think about Barry Larkin, right? <laughs> what do you think about, you know, somebody on the East Coast? Like, I mean, it just doesn't work. It shouldn't be like that. It should be a standard, amazing committee, full and mixed with great people, and and, and really, frankly, a, a bunch of different opinions from a bunch of different worlds in the baseball circles. Fred McGriff, I look at his numbers. He played 19 seasons in the majors. He's a compiler. I mean, he really is. And somebody might come to me and go, well, Derek Jeter's your favorite player. He was overrated. He was a compiler. No, no, because he's in the 3,000-hit club, folks. He's got five rings. Look at the October success. You have to understand the difference between Derek Jeter and Fred McGriff. You have to understand the difference between Jimmy Fox and, oh, I don't know, Scott Rowland. It, it just it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. You know, when you finish like 8th, ninth, and 10th in, in MVP, I mean, come on. You shouldn't be in there. I mean, Harold Baines never finished better than ninth, uh, you know, in the MVP voting. And Fred McGriff, I mean, listen, he was named the MVP of an all-star game. Uh, you know, he's had great years for sure, um, but he's seven short of the 500 home run club. I know he tied with Lou Gehrig for, you know, 26 all-time. But, like, here, here's what we're going to hear, right? When Brian Kenny comes out, he's going to do this his spiel with all the players, right? And I guarantee you we're going to hear him say, he and Gary Sheffield are the only players to hit 30 home runs for five different major league teams. And it's like, and? <laughs> now, what I will tell you, there is a major thing that Fred McGriff has. Major. And I know that I mentioned, I think, earlier in the postseason where I, I, I said that maybe he doesn't have a ton of flashy, you know, awards and all the rest. But, you know, no, like, NLCS MVP, da-da-da-da-da. He won a World Series with the Braves in 95. But his numbers in the playoffs are outstanding. And if there is a way to push him forward into the Great Hall in Cooperstown, if there was one difference maker that I would have to pick, and I know that not everybody's Jeter and Mantle and these guys who get in all the time, you know, sometimes you're Ernie Banks, you don't get in at all to the postseason. And, and of course, in that era, only two teams made it because it was just pennant winners making the World Series. Uh, or, you know, a Ted Williams who goes once, you know, the World Series in 46, they lose you know, to the Mad Dash, uh, you know, Enos Slaughter and Red Shandies and all the rest for the Cardinals. Like, I understand that, you know, you're sometimes you're Dan Marino and Dan Fouts, right? And you're not Tom Brady and Troy Aikman or Terry Bradshaw, right? Winning all these rings. I realize that. But when you get in, Fred McGriff played in 10 postseason series. Now, albeit he didn't have a million wild card rounds and all the rest like today, but his numbers in the postseason are spectacular. I mean, he hit 303. He was clutch as hell, 10 home runs, 37 RBI, and 100 total bases. Um, you know, we're going to hear Brian Kenny say, or, 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 you know, I'm recording this before the induction, actually, but finished in the top 10 in MVP voting six times, and he ranks 47th all-time in RBI with 1550. I mean, is that what we're doing? We're just going to say that anybody who's in the top 50 in, in, in RBI gets into the Hall of Fame? There's just a different, different, different look now at this whole thing. And I feel like since the Veterans Committee changed to this modern era stuff and all the rest, 
they've been putting more people in unnecessarily. However, if you were on the sitting on the fence and you don't know whether the crime dog should be in, the postseason numbers, I would say, would be the one thing that you might just have to look at. You might. Scott Rowland, meanwhile, we'll get to him next here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by our great friends over at CH Insurance. Hey, in your corner, CH Insurance, personal and commercial insurance, anytime, anywhere you need them, they are in your corner 24-7. CH Insurance, find them on Facebook and Instagram and elsewhere. CH Insurance is the official insurance firm of the ML Sports Platter. We'll talk Scott Rowland next on the MLSP. Mike Lindsley back with you for the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and sponsored in part by Bet Online, Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, Ken's Auto Detailing, and Rosie's Corner. Each and every week, stop by Rosie's for Fish Friday. They've got it going on. And of course, those pizza wing combinations are available as well. Gift cards, absolutely positively get those for any and all occasions at Rosie's Corner. Rosie'sCorner.com, the official pizza and wing house of the ML. Sports platter. Let's get to good old Scott Rowland. Now, first of all, if you talk about just defense, dude is a Hall of Famer. Like, if, if it were the defensive Hall of Fame, Scott Rowland would be absolutely a shoe in He'd be a first ballot dude, right? And maybe that's what they're looking at here, right? Because he gets in from the BBWAA and, you know... There are a couple players like this. Now, Brooks Robinson was clutch as hell. He was great at the plate. He was obviously, he's probably the best fielding third baseman of all time. He was more well-rounded, most likely, than a Scott Rowland because he had the offensive stuff. Um, although, now that I think about it, let me look up Brooks Robinson because now, I, if you compare, and again, I'm not saying put you know Scott Rowland in because Brooks Robinson is in and you know the offensive numbers and all that kind of crap. Um, but Brooks Robinson, you look at his numbers, um, let me get to it here. My computer jumping around here a little bit. But Brooks Robinson, if you look at his numbers, now he was an MVP in uh, in 19, what was it if I remember correctly, 64. Um, Brooks Robinson played for 23 years. So, you know, a lot of people, oh, well, he's a compiler. Well, no, because, you know, he won an MVP. Let's look, look deeper at the numbers, right? Like, look deeper. Um, obviously, the third baseman thing is just, you know, I mean, he was a vacuum cleaner, man. Human vacuum cleaner, right? That was his nickname. Two-time World Series champ, World Series MVP, All-Star MVP, 16-time Gold Glover, and an 18-time All-Star. I mean, if that doesn't recall a fame, good grief. But his numbers, statistically, if you compare a Scott Rowland to a Brooks Robinson and just be like, okay, well, what do they look like? If Scott Rowland is so elite offen- uh, defensively, does he have enough of the offensive numbers, much like an Ozzie Smith or someone else, to be a Hall of Famer. And with Scott Rowland, you know, he's a 281 lifetime hitter, 14 points better than Brooks Robinson. 1,200 plus runs scored, 1,232 for Brooks Robinson. They're actually pretty comparable. 1,357 RBI for Brooks, 1,287 for Scott Rowland. Uh, 364, 490, 855 on the slash line for OBP slugging and OPS. You know, you go over to Brooks Robinson and you're going 322, 401, and 723. So Roland crushes him really in all those spots. Roland had 2,077 hits. Brooks Robinson had 2,848. So he only missed 3,000 hits by what 152. And then for a home run, you know, from a home run standpoint, 268 to 316 for Roland. 
when you look at it more like that, Roland probably is more of a Hall of Famer than Fred McGriff because he was so elite defensively and his numbers perk enough offensively to possibly get him in. If I had my choice, would I probably put him in? You know, probably not. Um, I think Roland is more of like a modern era committee or whatever the hell they want to call it now, uh, you know, guy to get in than McGriff would be. Um, again, the postseason numbers for, for McGriff are absolutely outrageous. Just really, really good. I remember when he was a brave playing the Yankees, I was terrified of that guy when he came up. Roland was a meh postseason player, right? 220 batting average. I mean, he was kind of hit and miss. He had so many bad series. I mean, I remember some of those, you know, NLDSs that he had against the Reds in 10 and 12. He was horrible there. He batted zero multiple times. He was a horrible postseason player. Uh, in the World Series where they won, he was spectacular. He hit 421 in that series. But again, the guy, you know, he won Rookie of the Year. That's a huge accolade, right? So that's got to be on there. He never won an MVP. Um, you know, he won a Rookie of the Year. He won the World Series. He has a Silver Slugger, eight-time Gold Glover, seven-time All-Star. I don't see a ton there from an awards and accolades perspective. But when you look at the war at 70.1, you know, Brooks Robinson was at 78.4. So... This is going to be very interesting moving forward because the comps are going to come out with Roland. They're going to come out with McGriff and all the rest. But if I had to lean towards it, because it should be the Hall of Fame of elite players, I would probably say no to both. But the modern era committee type of a thing, I think, would lean towards Roland a little bit more than McGriff. But if you're on the fence either way about Crime Dog, McGriff maybe slides into the Hall of Fame from a modern era situation because of his postseason numbers. Either way, they were both outstanding ball players. They're both going to be enshrined. I'm happy for both of them because they're both really, really good guys, and they were outstanding ball players. Again, I just look at it as the Hall of the Elite. That's all there is to it. But hey, when you hear Ned Yost say Roland's the perfect baseball player, and you look at all these different things um, you know that, that, that he was able to do at third base, then maybe a little bit of an offensive uh, a, a, a firecracker type of a thing to get him in. It's going to be hard to uh, you know go against that if you're a Roland guy. And, and I've talked to a lot of people who covered Scott Roland on a daily basis, and they said, listen, when you cover somebody, you see him up close more, you think different about them, you're more biased. And I understand that. Um, but Scott Roland, Scott Roland was an outstanding player, as was Fred McGriff, and they both get in in their separate ways. Now, uh, Carl Erskine gets in. John Lowe gets in. Pat Hughes gets in um, with the um, – oh, excuse me um, – no, hang on. Erskine and Lowe and Pat Hughes are going to be honored with the Buck O'Neill Lifetime Achievement, the BBWAA Career Excellence Award, and the Ford Frick Award, respectively, during um, Hall of Fame weekend. So those things are happening. Again, I'm recording this prior to the induction, but I wanted to kind of give my thoughts, give a little bit of a preview type of a thing. You can listen to this after the induction, make your own thoughts and all this, and I'm going to put some interviews out there as well. Um, but I think that the big thing is, is that the Hall of Fame thing really, really needs to get tweaked. I've been barking up that tree for a long time. I'm kind of getting exhausted talking about it. Um, but I want to see the elite of the elite. I don't want to have to think about a Hall of Famer. And as a baseball fan, I'm sure that you don't want to do that either. ML Sports Platter brought to you by Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. And a tip of the cap, thank you as well to our associate sponsors, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Welch & Company Jewelers, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and Bonnet Sales and Service, Route 11 in Central Square. Hey, if your garage door fails, call Bonnet Sales today. Bonnet Sales and Service. Let them get the brand new garage doors onto your home. Amazing work that they do. 
Bonnet Sales and Service, a proud ML Sports Bladder sponsor. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. We all want to protect our families, our homes, our businesses, and our health. CH Insurance provides the best personal and business coverage at the best value. You can trust the pros at CH. Here's who's in your corner. We have a really good team. We're always trying to help you in the best ways we can. The team makes the dream, right? And I would say that our our colleagues are second to none. We treat our clients like they're family. When it comes to protecting what's important to you, the pros at CH Insurance are in your corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.